He's my
alone. Give the Lord a round of applause this morning. I am not alone this morning. Is my comfort is my God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. This morning is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You may be there for a few minutes. Amen, amen, amen. We bring you all greetings this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. The name that we worship and praise. The name that saved our soul from our sins. Amen. The Lord needs worship this morning. And even though it's uh, Independence Day, it's like celebration. In fact, it's not like. It's his celebration day today. Amen. I'm going to change that thought this morning. Amen. Because God needs worship. Amen. And the more we worship him, the more he's going to bless us. Amen. So we greet everyone this morning. We welcome you. We thank you for being in our service this morning. Our online congregation, we greet you also. I know we're having a little bit of technical difficulty, but God is working, and amen. Just tough, amen. We have a God that never leaves us nor forsake us. So I hope you're tuning on. Don't get frustrated. Our God is a great and mighty God, amen. Amen. We serve an awesome God. God is so good to all of us, and God brought us here today for such a time as this. And we're going to praise him because we have a right to praise and celebrate him this morning for all his goodness, his mercies, and for all his love and for the things that he's doing for us in the hour and the days that we're living in. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Tom. He's going to get ready to come with a few announcements at this time. In Jesus' name. Good morning, church. <laughs> praise the Lord. Sorry, I got too many papers in my hand. Um, we had a uh, prayer breakfast yesterday. We do prayer breakfast on the first Saturday of the month. And those of you who didn't make it, it was powerful. It was powerful. There was a lesson at the end. But the most important part of it, though, is that there was 20 of us that were here. And, 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 and there was such a move of the Lord here. We are in the, the beginning phases of a capital campaign. We are in the middle of discussing um, the movement to a church, to a new church, a building, a permanent address. We've had conversations with lawyers. We've had conversations with sellers. We've had conversations with the township. We're, this is pretty serious. We're getting ready to move. I'm sharing that because gathering together on Saturday mornings when we have our prayer breakfast is one way to stay on that focus, to stay together. The enemy doesn't want us to have a new building. The, the enemy does not want us to have a 600-seat sanctuary. We are ready to do something in Hamilton. We are ready to do something in Mercer County. And so what I'm saying to you all is that get engaged with our Bible studies on Thursdays. Get engaged with our prayer breakfast on Saturdays. Be here in the house when we gather because there is safety with the Lord. The, the scripture reads that when we are together, 
we have strength. The Lord provides it in that energy that's the Holy Ghost that you just experienced. We get to sample that. Come on Saturday, next month, first Saturday, always. Great lesson, be in the flow. Today's the last day that you can order your T-shirt to be able to have it for the, the picnic. Not that you couldn't get it another time, but if you would like to be wearing your T-shirt, and I do, um, on Saturday the 31st when we have our picnic, um, please order it today. Uh, there's um, sign-up lists around, and folks will be coming around to talk to you about that. The next time we have outreach is um, on Saturday the 10th at 9.30. One of the things that um, we offered a few weeks ago was a COVID vaccine clinic. Um, the return of that clinic is coming on the 17th. I have in my hand the uh, the township of Hamilton, all these different places where they're offering a vaccine clinic. If you have not yet been vaccinated and you want to, I have dates and I have locations here. We will be offering once again this sanctuary, this, this location for the township to offer. It will be on the 17th from 9 to 12. And those of you who have young ones, 12 and up, um, that want to get the Pfizer vaccine, which is uh, particular for young ones, um, please remember that the township has a connection to a clinic that that they can arrange that and make an appointment for you. The multicultural rally that's been in the works and getting planned, as you know, Brother Scarlett is the director for our district uh, for multiculturalism. And we have a rally that will be hosted on Saturday, the 17th. Um, and it will be in Jersey City from 4 to 7. Something to keep in mind, it's not easy to park in Jersey City. The, p- the place, the location that we have, it has a huge parking lot. Those of you who want to attend, uh, we'll make that easy. Contact us and we'll get you the address and all that. That will be on the 17th. The ladies have a special service that will be offered here on Friday night, the 16th, 7.30, the title of the, um, the presentation is called Straight Talk. It's just for the ladies, and it's going to be with um, Reverend Cole. I'm certain that it's going to be a fabulous experience because Reverend Cole is um, a very special addition to our community. Um, we talked several weeks ago, months ago, about uh, the North American Youth Congress. This year it's going to be virtual, and so there's going to be a watch party uh, we won't be able to attend um, live, but there'll be a watch party here on Friday the 30th. Um, more details to follow, but the goal is to have all the young ones here, and they'll be able to um, sample that together. And then uh, one more time, our annual fellowship picnic will be on Saturday the 31st in Veterans Park. It will be from 12 until 4. Um, there's an list all over the place for you to make a side dish. We'd love you to do that. And if you're not interested in, uh, in cooking something on the side, you certainly can buy some supplies and things. There's always stuff that we need. Um, please join us there. Um, I, I shared this morning, and I'll share again. One of my favorite parts of our picnic is that while we're there, people from the park come over and say, what are you guys doing over here? And, and, and we get a chance to share who we are. We get a chance to tell them about what we're doing. Because from, from my perspective, that's the biggest outreach opportunity that, that we have. And so come join us and enjoy the fun. I'm sure Brother Scarlett will be playing his usual. And it's a good time. Have a great day.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Brother Tom. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I was uh, talking to some uh, sister this morning after a 9 a.m. service, and um, she said, Brother, I, I could just write the check for, you know, what I'm about to say right now. And she said, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, Pastor, I'm like, yeah, that's what we need. You know, people that can just uh, go into their pot book without not thinking about the numbers, you know, because we have the amen. So, as Brother Tom made mention, our 9 a.m. service and our 10.30 service, you know, you can look around and see, you know, our spacing is just, uh, you know, I want to use the word remarkable in a way in which what God is doing in the hours that we're living in. You know, God is bringing us people from all walk, all nation, you know, and we want to make sure we can accommodate every family. You know, I look back there, uh, see uh, my dear sister Janice, is it Janice? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and her family, and I said, oh, my God, you know, when they come out, they bring the entire old soul out. And if every family that we have that comes here, we know we have some families that are small in numbers, and we have other families that are just, you know, big in numbers, you know. Uh, we don't have where we need to accommodate everybody, you know. So we, we, where God is opening up doors for us, and if it's His will, things will continue to move in the right direction, you know, we want God's will to be done in whatever we're doing. And I stand behind our pastor 100% in whatever he endeavored to do. And he, uh, he had made a decree that, um, you know, if God is not, if it's not God's will for us to get this building that we're in the process of getting, God will just, just like we closed the other door, God will, you know, close this door if it's not his will. So we're going to pray that God's will will be done and that God will make ways and just open up doors for us. Amen. So, you know, it's offering time, everybody. Amen. So if you want to be a blessing this morning, we're looking, we're trying to raise $7 million. And if there's someone as brave as sister, I'm going to go back to her and say, if you give us a million, I'm sure she'll give us the other seven. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Not seven million, but you know what I mean. But we're raising, trying to raise 1.7 million. So, um, you know, be a blessing this morning if you want to write it, to write it out to us. If you want to come to the settlement table sooner or later, you know, it may be, you know, a lot of part of the summer. We don't know what God has in store. You know, God may say, well, it's time for you guys to get out, out of the firehouse and move on to the place that I'm going to prepare for you, you know. So if God is preparing that building for us, you know, we want our family out. Everybody can come and worship God in the beauty of holiness, worship God freely without any kind of constraint or limitation or, you know, not have enough elbow room. Or if you want to get up and run around the sanctuary, there will be plenty of room. I guarantee there will be plenty of room for you to run around, run the house, run around. You're going to be doing your mile. You're going to get your miles. You're going to get your laps in. Oh, my God. There will be places you can do that without not worrying. So we're serving an awesome God who's a provider. So continue to believe God that it was going to bless you. And continue to open up doors for us. I'm going to invite you all if you could stand with me. Amen. As we pray and as we continue to worship the Lord. Amen. Remember, if you're giving online, praise God. We have three ways in which you can give online. You can either go to www.myccc.faith. 
You can go to PayPal at Christ Center Church, and you can go to Cash App, the dollar sign CCC2711. And our ushers are here, one in the middle, two in the front, if you want to give. And we have our electronic over there. If you want to pay electronic, you can see Sister Patrice. Amen. So we're going to ask you to bow your heads at this time as we pray and ask the Lord's blessing upon our offering. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we already felt in this place, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll bless, oh God, every givers, those who have to give, those who have that likewise. Make a way, oh God, so they too can be partake of your blessing, oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll continue to be with us, Lord God. Bless the remaining portion of the service, and as we pray for a pastor this morning, as you come to minister, that you'll continue to use him, Lord God. Let your spirit overshadow him, Lord God, and that he will speak boldly, Lord God, through your word. Have your way this morning as we give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Give your tithe and offering unto the Lord.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I like what I feel, and I feel what I like. It is so wonderful to be with you this morning in the house of the Lord. God has certainly been good to us. We've got a lot going on today, and so we want to just trust in the Lord to guide us in all that we have to do. And we're so thankful for him and all that he does. Amen. We have two guests with us today. Where's Lucretia? Where's Lucretia? Lucretia all the way in the back. Lucretia, nice to have you today. We appreciate you coming to be with us. Amen. Hallelujah. And Geraldine, even though she is her first time here, this is not the first time me meeting uh, Geraldine. So Geraldine, it's good to have you today. Amen. And we like to say to our guests that we look at your time of coming here and being here as the Lord orchestrated this time for you to come and be with us. It's not just a coincidence and it's not because someone invited you. It's because the Lord wanted you here. So he just uses people to do what he wants done. And so however the circumstance or the situation God orchestrated all of that so you would be here today. So it means God has something for you is what it means. Amen. Amen. And Miss Geraldine, you're here because we got a baptism today, but that's just how the Lord wanted it. So you got here today, amen, for baptism, but here you are just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And we are grateful that you are here to be with us and to experience the baptism of your daughter. Amen. We have a baby dedication today. Amen. Right after the service ends, we'll do a dedication, and right after that, we'll go, and we will have a baptism. So we've got some things going on today. Amen. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Fireworks. (laughs) We've got fireworks today. (laughs) Amen. I tell you, God put his church here in the earth to accomplish his will, and so we are always excited and glad When we are doing God's will, because then we know, okay, then we are the church because God established us to do his will. And so whenever we're doing his will, we are grateful. So we welcome um, our guests today and we thank you for coming to be with us. And if there's anything at all that we can do for you in your walk with Christ, please don't hesitate to ask. We will be there for you. Amen. I have a word that I want to share with you this morning. And if you will be attentive, you will leave here more encouraged than when you came in. So if you was encouraged when you came in, you're going to leave more encouraged. If you weren't encouraged at all when you came in, then you will leave here encouraged. How about that? That's a good thing, right? Amen. Well, let's stand and let's go to the word of the Lord. Genesis 22, verse number one. Genesis 22, verse number one. Again, it's good to see all of you. It's good to be with you as we celebrate America's birthday. We are just so glad to be together one more time amen it is god's will that we are together amen there's a scripture in the bible that that says fail not to assemble yourselves together that's what god wants for us and so he wants us to come together there's also a scripture that talks about that when jesus returned for his church which is called the rapture or the catching away that he says that we will all be caught up together to meet him in the air. 
So there's something about it. And then he says, and forever we will be with the Lord. So the Lord is a together God. He wants us to be together. And he wants us to be with him together. So whenever we think about the Lord, think about that, that God wants us to be together. And when we're separated, it's not the will of God. God wants us to be together. Because guess what? You got to remember, we're going to go to heaven together. And guess what? If, 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 if we don't get along down here, we won't be able to get up there. Because we're going to be up there, you know, and we need to get along. And so togetherness is of God, and that's God's purpose for us. So all over this pandemic, when we were separated a little bit, that, 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 that's not God's perfect will, even though he allowed it to work for his purpose. Ooh, got too deep on you? Us being separated over the pandemic time was not God's perfect will, but he allowed it to work for his, you know, all things work together for good. Uh-huh, yeah. So, so God allowed that to work together for good. Right. And so here we are today and we're able to be together and we're so thankful because God wants us together. And I like being together. I don't know about you. I like being with you. I like for us to be in the house of the Lord together, worship the Lord together, praise the Lord together. Something happens when we do that together. Amen. And I know that's for sure. I always talk about during pandemic time when we all had to be at our be in our homes and we had we had to engage virtually. Um, that's what we were doing. However, um, for those of you that didn't know, you know, the live church was, um, coming live from my basement. And so, and so we were coming live to you in my basement. So it was just me and my family in the basement. But for whatever the reasons were, my adopted son, Ethan, just felt like he had to be in the basement too. <laughs> hey, pastor. What's up? Uh, will it be all right if I just come to the basement too? He had to come to the basement, and I'm telling you, we had a great time in the basement. You all felt it, that that was joining us virtually. You were probably wondering, what in the world? Like, they have a big congregation. It was just me and my family and Ethan. Because <laughs> Ethan had had some God just moving in the midst of us. And let me tell you, Ethan will tell you, there were so many days where he was just worshiping God, and we were just praying. Holy Ghost was moving to, on us. I mean, we were just, I mean, walking around the power of God in the basement. Is something about being together. Brother Scarlett and Josiah had come, you know, and they played their songs and they left. But Ethan said, nah, nah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Togetherness is wonderful. And we encourage each other when we worship God together, when we praise God together. We, we, we encourage each other. Continue to worship God. Continue to praise God. You're, 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 a being, you're, you're a blessing to God when you worship and praise him. But you are also being a blessing to someone else. Someone is being encouraged by your presence. Togetherness is important. Genesis chapter 22, verse number one. We're going to read one through five, and then we're going to go to Galatians chapter three, verse 24 and 25. So let's look at Genesis 22, verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Who tempt Abraham? Let me read it again. Maybe you weren't paying attention. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Who tempt Abraham? All right, now I can move on. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land. 
of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Means it took him three days to go where God wanted him to go. God is something. Why did God want him to sacrifice at a place that's three days away? Why? Church, y'all don't want me to start today. I want you to go get your barbecue on and your good time. But, man, I got to follow the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost want me to tell you this morning, stop wanting God to make everything convenient for you. You you can't look for God because when you think God, you want him to be the genie in the bottle. So guess what? Everything God does is supposed to make your life easier. Why didn't he tell Abraham, yo, dude, just go up the street around the corner and go do the sacrifice? Or better yet, just go in your backyard because I gave you a lot of land. Why didn't he tell him that? Why he had to send him to a place that's three days away? Not no Mercedes. Walking. Three days. We got to learn this thing about God that, that every time we try to make our walk, our journey, our relationship with God, the more you try to make it convenient, the more you move away from God and out of his will. All right. Let me move on. That was the Holy Ghost. Let me go back to reading the scripture. And Abraham, verse 5, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Who driving three days to church? <laughs> I'm just, just I'll mess with y'all this morning, man. Because we like we like this, you know, we just want everything to be so easy. This dude went three days to go worship. Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-four. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, wherefore, don't worry, Janice, don't worry, um, Miss Joy, when we get our nice building, we're going to have, what we call them? Nursery. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. See, he right on it already. We're, we're going to have nursery for you. And you won't have to worry about a thing. And we hope that the nursery will be so connected to the sanctuary that even though you're not inside the sanctuary, you're inside the sanctuary. Come on, Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. I want to minister to you this morning on this topic justified by faith justified by faith father in the name of jesus you have assembled us gathered us together we are thankful lord that we are here because we know this is where the blessing is you have called this meeting a meeting lord where you will not show up you've already showed up and we're grateful now lord don't let anyone 
must leave here today without doing without receiving what you want to give to us and without you imparting to us what you will. I pray that you will speak your word to us today, Lord, and I pray that our hearts will be open to receive your word like we've never received it to the point where, Lord, we will experience the miraculous before we get out of this place today. Let your anointing flow and let the ears of the hearers be open to your word that God, your will be done. We give you the praise and the honor for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Justified by faith. Human beings are inherently flawed and imperfect. I got one, oh yeah, one, come on. Human beings are inherently flawed and imperfect. Amen. Oh, yeah. Human beings are inherently flawed and imperfect. Somebody say amen. Because I'm trying to help you so you don't fool yourself in thinking that you are perfect or you don't have any flaws. We say amen when we agree. Uh huh. Striving for perfection is an exercise of futility. Paul understood the pointlessness of working to achieve spiritual maturity by human ability. You cannot accomplish the things of God on human ability. Mm -hmm. In Paul's not-too-distant past, he had watched and taken part in punishing Jewish believers who had failed to comply with the Mosaic law. Paul was a man that was all about human law, was all about the works of what man could do. And so before he met Christ, that's all he cared about is who can do most of what the law says, who can do what the law says. And that person is the person that is more righteous because he's doing more than everybody else. And that's kind of how Paul lived his life until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. If humanity could achieve perfection, there would be no need for Calvary. If humanity was not flawed, there would be no need for Calvary. If humanity had it all together, there would be no need for Calvary. But our God who created us uh, said, my people are in a bad situation. Uh, They're in grave danger. And what I have to do uh, is I have to manifest myself and become a man, become a human being, uh, and go down and show them perfection and sacrifice my life that they can have an opportunity to have eternal life. And so we're flawed. We're imperfect. We got a lot of issues. And that's why we need Jesus. If we don't think we need Jesus, what we're saying is we got it all together. Striving for perfection set us up for future failure. Mm -hmm. Striving for perfection produces discouragement and increases the probability of us walking away from the faith altogether. Now, I'm not telling you you're not supposed to strive to please God, but many times when we're striving for perfection, we're thinking about how good we could be. 
We, we equate it to an athlete doing his or her best to become the best at what they do. And so we have this innate nature, this sinful nature, that when we think about doing anything, we're thinking about how good can we do it so we can be the best at it. And so we bring that same mentality in the kingdom of God, trying to do our very best to be better than the next man or the next woman, trying to do our very best to top somebody else to say, hey, I've arrived because look what I'm doing. And we're using that mentality to live for Jesus. And Jesus is saying, didn't I tell you not to compare yourselves with each other? So the mentality of, of trying to, 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 to be better than the next person to say, hey, look what I'm doing. I'm pleasing Christ is flawed. Mm-hmm. It's flawed. Striving for perfection is a noble pursuit. But in the end, it ends in futility. But hear me. The writer of Hebrew admonished us to go on to perfection. Mm -hmm. That's Hebrews 6 and 1. Jesus himself called us to be perfect, Matthew 5, 48. But a pursuit of perfection apart from understanding the grace of God, apart from the working of the Holy Ghost in your life is impossible and will be futile because we cannot accomplish what we ought to accomplish in Christ on man's effort without the Holy Spirit and without God's grace. Oftentimes, when you read the Bible and it talks about perfection, it's talking about being complete. I shared with the congregation this morning that being complete and being perfect is two different things. Jesus was perfect. Christians can be complete, but they will never be perfect. So being complete is not the same as being perfect. And most of the times when you read your Bible, it's talking about being complete when you hear the word perfect, perfection or perfect. We need to learn from Abraham so we don't frustrate ourselves and walk away from God. And so this is why we read in Genesis the, 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 the situation there with Abraham. Let's look at it a little closer again. In, in Genesis where we read, it tells us, that Abraham was told to go and offer his son as a sacrifice. Not just his son, but his only son. Can you imagine hearing that from God? Put yourself in that position right now and just think of God telling you something that's just ridiculous. What would you do? What would you do? Maybe he won't tell you anything ridiculous because he know what you would do. You wouldn't do it. Let me let you into a little secret. The Virgin Mary. Back then, people weren't as promiscuous and out there like we are now when Jesus was born. They still had promiscuity. They still had bad things. But remember, even in my era, we kind of hide those things. So 
So you know it just wasn't as out there then as it is today. But here's my point for bringing up Mary. I am sure there was a lot of young single girls that were virgins during Mary's time. So our question is, why did Jesus pick Mary and not Sue and not Sally and not May? Why did he pick Mary? Because the Bible says our God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. So when he decides to do something, he already knows the outcome. And so Mary was chosen because for sure she was going to obey and do what God wanted her to do. Will God choose you because he knows? No matter how ridiculous he might sound to you, you're going to obey and do what he wants to do. Will he pick you on that? Or will he skip over you because he's going to say, nah, they won't listen. Nah, they won't do it. According to scripture, traveling to the region of Moriah was a three-day journey when Abraham informed his son Isaac that he, Isaac, was to be sacrificed. Isaac simply complied with his daddy. Scripture says Isaac could have been somewhere between 12 and 17. And Abraham was old at that time. And so for you to tell your 12 to 17-year-old son about, hey, I need you to climb up on this altar and I'm going to bound you because you're probably going to have to be the sacrifice because this is what God is telling me to do. And for that kid to say, okay, dad, no problem. That's deep already in itself. Because any kid normal these days, you tell them that, I love you, dad. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't binding me on no top of no wood and, no, and putting no knife back. You're going to stab me. You get out of here with that and you're going to call diapers on him. Call diapers on dad. He's talking about he's going to sacrifice you. He go to jail. But Isaac didn't do that. There was no diapers. But Isaac didn't fight with his daddy. He just laid there and whatever his daddy wants. But I told him this morning, it's a testimony to Abraham why Isaac obeyed that way. And there's a lesson there for us just the same. Isaac just did what his daddy wanted because Isaac watched his daddy live for God. Isaac watched his daddy submit his life to God. Isaac watched his daddy be blessed by God. Isaac watched his daddy just have a relationship with God that was relevant and prevalent that Isaac knew my daddy heard from God. And daddy heard from God whatever he that's what I'm going to do. Church, I'm here today to tell you we can be Isaac. When we hear from God, even though it sounds ridiculous, will we obey? When we hear from God, will we submit to his will or will we fight with God? I, that's, that can't be God. I think we can learn from Isaac. God has already given us his credentials. We've already seen God's credentials. Why wouldn't we listen to God? As ridiculous as God may sound sometimes. And it's only ridiculous according to us because, you know, we've got issues. Abraham 
during all of this, had nobody to depend on. His wife wasn't there. The dudes that came with him wasn't there. His friends wasn't there. Nobody was there. Just him and Isaac and the Lord. If we're going to live for God, we're going to find ourselves in some situations that is just going to be us and God. And you don't need to go run looking for nobody for no help. You don't need to go discuss nothing with anybody. You don't need for nobody to help you. God has tested you. Oh, God, help me this morning. Because we read that God tempted Abraham and the day will come where God will test you. And he don't want you running to nobody. He don't want you going no place talking about, I need help. Can you do this for me? He don't want none of that. He wants you in that place of testing to look to him. That he will do what needs to be done. But you got to recognize that it's God that's testing you. And you don't need to go outside to get nobody to help you. Just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord. God is trying to build a relationship with us. And he wants us to trust him. He's already shown us his resume. Why won't we trust him? There was nobody there with Abraham. Feelings has nothing to do with obeying God. Feelings has nothing to do with obeying God. I can't remember the last time I felt good when it was time to fast. Oh, I can't wait to fast. For you, for those of you that don't know, fasting is abstaining from food, not eating. I love to eat. I love to eat. I'm a food junkie. I'm a foodie. I'm a food connoisseur. You just name it. Food. Give me food. So I am never ready to fast. So when the Lord says, son, it's time to go on a fast. I don't feel like it. But I'm going to go on the fast. I'm going to go on the fast because living for God is not about how you feel. Living for God is about being obedient. We got to remove our feelings out of the equation when we're living for God and say, what does he say? That's what I'm going to do. Because you got to realize, church, a lot of times we don't understand it. We can, I just, I wish I could help people to understand this in a way that they're not understanding We like to spin situations and explain them to kind of single ourselves out like our situation is so much different than someone else's. And we live on that platform because we want to keep on just be exempt or be excused because we try to frame our situation to be so much different. And so that's what keeps us doing what we want to do. I feel bad that we do that. I feel bad that we do that because because just like I just described about a fasting, I'm sure most of us feel that way. So why do some fast and some don't? Why? Why? Because you both feel the same way. You both don't want to do it, but why some do it and some don't? And when we stand before God, that's probably going to be a question God will ask. So what's your explanation? Of why that one and that one and that one did it, but you couldn't. 
What was the difference between you and them now? I thought I created both of you flesh. I, I thought I created you both all the, all the same. What, what made him or her do that? But you couldn't. And so I know many times huh, what, what, what I'm doing things that I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing it. Yesterday I had a busy day. It's a lot going on for me yesterday. I didn't miss one thing I had to do. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you that I don't feel like doing stuff sometimes. But because God said do it, I do it. And I'm trying to help you to understand that too, that we don't really have any excuse when God tells us to do something. We don't have an excuse. We ought to do it. God is not trying to make your life difficult. God is not trying to give you a hard time. God is trying to give you eternal life and let you live a blessed life. That's what he's trying to do. But he does it in a way that he knows best. No need to argue with him. I told you the other day, since we've been looking for our building, I've been a whiner with God. You know, days like today, where this morning we were full, today we're full, I just whine. God, this is your church. And you know, people are going to think twice about coming next week because they're going to say, man, there wasn't enough space in there. I said, this is your church. I thought you want to save everybody. Lord, why are we going through this? I'm just telling you that that's just me and God. I don't know how you want him to do it. That's just me. And I just keep whining. And then, you ready for them, some more whining? Then I drive past some church. What are they doing with that building, Lord? I barely see anybody ever go in there. I barely see them have service. I, am, I will not lie to you. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I, I'm just whining. I don't tell nobody this. It's just me and God. And so the other day I'm sitting at work at my desk, and I'm just in my mind whining. I said, Lord, what is this? What is I know you know, of course, I got to preface it by saying, I know you're perfect. I know you know everything. I know you got it all worked. I'm just telling you how I feel. That's all I tell him. And then I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, something said, all right, go look. And I went, because it's a place called LoopNet, LoopNet for real estate. And I always go check LoopNet. Then all of a sudden, I'm whining, and then something said, all right, go look right now. And I look right now, and I saw the address of this place that we're pursuing right now. I said, ooh. I didn't wait. I just called real quick. No answer. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, God, you never made this thing. So I called, no answer. I left the message. I give them about a half hour. Nobody called me back. I said, they crazy. I'm calling them. <laughs> I called them back. The woman answered the phone and says, oh, yes, I got your message, but I, we've been having computer problems all day. I said, okay, well, let's talk right now. So we set up showings and all of this stuff. And so right now we're pursuing a building. But, but the, 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 the point is, what God does, it's perfect. And God wants what's best for us. And God is going to do what's good for us. And so no matter how difficult it may seem, and you might can do like I do and whine. Just don't make it become sin. Right? Don't, don't doubt. You know, don't doubt that God is going to work it out. Don't, don't, don't have doubt about that. And don't have unbelief. But you can whine and say, but I want it now, Lord. He don't have to give you now, but just that's your whining, you know. I don't know. That's just how I am with the Lord. And so I've been whining about the building. So we'll see if this is the building or I just got ex- over, overly excited and, you know, we'll see. So far, everything seems to be working 
I'm pretty good. We don't have to do anything. We'll see what happens. There is just some trials in life that is just going to be between you and God. And you can't get help from no place else. Sometimes, I don't want to keep it. Let me just hurry up and get through this. Um, a lot of times, God want to take us through things to reveal some things to us. And we let it become, we, we let it become a stumbling block to us. Give me an example, preacher. You're going through something, and instead of you just communicate with God and be in God's face about it, you go tell somebody else. And they may have gone through something similar or going through something similar, and now y'all sit and talk and sit and talk about y'all's situation, and nobody have confidence and nobody have faith to trust God. When all God wanted you to do is stay quiet and just deal with him about the situation of and talking to your buddy every day about the situation and your buddy can't help you because God wanted you and him to work through it. I'm just trying to tell you what the Holy Ghost is directing me to say. Some of your trials, just like Abraham, God set it up. Stop blaming the devil. God set up some of your trials because God is trying to do something special in your life. Have you considered my servant Job? I feel bad every time I think about that, um, that statement. I feel bad for Job. But the Lord said it. So, you know, Job, Job you just got to handle what you can handle. But that's what the Lord said to the devil. Have you considered my servant Job? Poor Job. Now Job got to lose all of his kids. His house got to go down. He got to have sores and boils on his, his, his wife got to talk about him. His friends are crazy. All because the Lord says, have you considered? Job was just minding his business and enjoying life. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, if you were a servant of God, he's going to make that statement about you. And whatever you got to deal with, you're going to have to deal with you and Jesus. So don't, get, don't think it's strange when you have fiery trials. Because the trying is come to test your faith, to strengthen your faith. Mm-hmm. So there's some trials in life that we're going to have to face alone and no help. I always did this. Here's a practical rule when you're in a congregation. When stuff starts happening, huh, be careful when you listen to the person that likes to run and come tell you what's going on. There are some people, just the littlest of things start happening. And guess what? You know they did blah, 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 blah. Be careful of that person. Because real Christian, stuff start happening, they ain't saying nothing right away. Because when real Christian deal with situation, stuff start happening. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. But I know you're my God. <laughs> and they begin to go into prayer, maybe nothing changed. They go into prayer, maybe nothing changed. Then they fast a little bit, nothing changed. But not, not a soul know what's going on. Oh, I see y'all don't do that a lot. Here's another one. You and somebody have an issue. And you can't wait to go tell somebody else about the issue. In this church, y'all, y'all probably, I probably don't hear a lot about issues. 
You want to know why? Tony, you come to me and say, hey, pastor, man, Ethan, blah, 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 blah. You know what's my first response to Tony? Did, did you have a conversation with Ethan, Tony? Did, did you explain to him that he hurt your feelings? Did, did you and him ever talk about what's, well, you know, Tony, leave me out of it. According to the word of God, you need to go talk to Ethan and y'all need to figure it out because y'all are brothers. Figure it out. God will help y'all. Turn my back on Tony. I'm gone. I'm not that pastor that you come tell. Really, sis? Oh, sis, I can't believe she did that to you. Oh, no, you're not getting that out of me. No, 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 no. I, I, all I know is scripture. I'm not smart enough to start giving you my own stuff. I can't. I'm not smart enough. I got to give you the word of God. And so the word of God says if there's all, you got to go to that person. He didn't say go to the pastor. Go to that person. You, got, you get to the church and the pastor way down the line, but the first thing is go to that person. I don't know why I'm dealing with that because we're talking about justified by faith. But God knows what he's doing. When you are in your situation where it's just you and God, you know what you got to say? God, I know there's nothing too hard for you. You got to remember these scriptures, the word of God. There is nothing too hard for God when you're starting to deal with hard situations. You got to know it's just between you and God. Lord, I don't understand this, but there's nothing that's too hard for you. And God, I've read you said that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. These are the things you got to... Remember when you're going through your struggles. Remember, it could be that God is testing you. It's not always the devil. God takes us through things to reveal to us more about who he is that we didn't know. Let me say it a different way. When God takes you through a test, it means there is a Part of him, he wants you to know that you didn't know yet. Because in relationship, for a relationship to get real good, two people have to share with one another. Nobody should be holding back. People got to be transparent with one another. God is transparent. Woo. God is transparent. And so what he does is, he revealed himself to you in different ways so you can know him in every aspect of how you need to know him so you won't worry. So Abraham knew God as the all-knowing God. He knows everything. Because when he called Abraham, he told Abraham, I am God. And he, he was able to show Abraham how much he knew. So Abraham knew God knows everything. But. Abraham didn't know God can provide for every need. Abraham knew God knew everything, but Abraham didn't know God can provide for every need that he has. So what does God do? Test him. Send him to Mount Moriah to go sacrifice his son. And when he's getting ready to sacrifice his son, God threw up. And so now... God is able to show him 
I am a provider. So today we have the scripture, the Lord Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And we only know it today because a man was obedient to the test that God was putting him through. So we know God today as a provider for Abraham. But I got to tell you, you got to know God today for yourself that he's your provider. That he's not just Abraham's provider, but he's your provider as well. All right, let me finish up because I'm losing you. Abraham demonstrated faith on Mount Moriah when he offered up his only son as a sacrifice. Therefore, he was justified, justified by faith. So we're justified by faith when we demonstrate faith, we become justified. Here is a, here is a definition of justified what does justified mean get ready for this justified means to be made righteous we know we're not righteous we know we don't live every day righteous we always fall into some kind of bad situation we always do some kind of thing that's not pleasing to god so we know only god is righteous and so the only way we can be righteous is when we put on his righteousness but when you are justified it means that even though you are unrighteous god makes you righteous justified means even though you're guilty you're now made innocent justified means even though you are in bondage i now make you free So when you read the Bible and it says that you are justified, it means that you have become righteous by God because you're righteous. When the Bible says you are justified, it means you are now innocent when really you're not. Justified by faith. So what that means now is if you live by faith, you're righteous. If you live by faith, you're innocent. If you live, you're free. Woo. You, ought to, you, you ought to be glad about that. Not if you come to church every Sunday, you're justified. Not if you pray every day, you're justified. Not if you read your Bible every day, you're justified. No, faith justifies you. Don't get it twisted, though. Don't get it twisted. If you have faith, you come to church every day. If you have faith, you read your Bible every day. If you have faith, you read the word, you pray every day. So so, so don't think you can have faith and stay home and say, well, the preacher said, all you got to do is have faith. Because I know somebody thought that, oh, man, that's great. So all I got to do is have faith. I don't have to go to church. I don't, I, I don't have to read my All I got to do is have faith. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great religion. <laughs> no, if you have faith, you will do those things. But God don't want you to focus on actions. God don't want you to focus on what you think you can accomplish by what you can do. God wants you to understand that it's only by the work of the Spirit, it's only by the work of God can you have or accomplish anything. All right, I'm good. I'm getting out of here. 
Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says without faith you can't please God. If you can't please God, you can't have a relationship with God. So you need faith to please God. You need faith to have a relationship with God. Not your works is what you're counting on. Faith come before works. Since faith makes us righteous and pleasing to God, then we must have faith. Somebody say, I got to have faith. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Faith is obtainable. It is not unavailable or out of reach to us, but it can be obtained. The Bible says faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. We can obtain faith, and when we re- faith. We are justified. We are innocent. We're righteous and we're free. And so I'm getting ready to give you the definition for faith. So you're not misunderstood or so you, I don't mislead you or so you are not misled. So most Christians If you ask them what is faith, they say you got to believe. Wipe it away from your mind. Most Christians, if you ask them what is faith, they tell you Hebrews 11 and 1. So then faith, no, so um, 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 faith is a substance of things hope not seen. And and when they say that, I said, so what does that mean? Faith is a substance of things hope for the evidence. What does that mean? Well, you just got to believe God even though you don't see him. That's what they will explain. Well, the, the ones that think they're smart. But the bottom line is that's not God's intent for faith. I can give you the definition of faith, and it's in, um, what is it, Second Peter? But, but I'm going to make it simple for you, and then you can figure out if I'm right or wrong. Here's what faith is. Faith is obtaining the revelation of who God is and having complete trust in him. Through obedience. I'm going to say it again. Faith is obtaining the revelation of who God is. Knowing God. Right? And when you know him, then you have complete trust in him. And you show that trust by obeying him. Know God. Trust God. Obey God. That's how you know you have faith. Know God, obey God. I'm sorry, know God, trust God, obey God. That's how you know you have faith. And the way, the reason why God did it like that is because what God is saying, I'm revealing myself. If I reveal to you, Abraham, watch Abraham, I reveal to you, Abraham, that I know everything. Why wouldn't you trust me? If I reveal to you, Abraham, that I created everything, why wouldn't you trust me? If I tell you, Abraham, that even when you get old, you will have a son, why wouldn't you trust me? So God will reveal to us who he is. Now it's up to us to trust God. And not just say we trust him, but trust him to the point where we obey him, no matter how ridiculous it sounds or crazy it looks, we're just going to obey him. That's when we know we have faith. And that's where we can see Abraham's faith. Abraham, 
take thine son, thine only son, on a three-day journey, tie him up and put him on an altar, and make him a sacrifice. I want you to kill him. All of that is the reason why Abraham was following through, because he knew God. The reason why Abraham was following through, he had proved God, so he trusted God. And now all he had to do was obey God. If we want to know what faith is, we just need to look at Abraham's life. We got to know God. We got to trust God. And we got to obey God. When we do that, we are demonstrating faith, which equals, you ready? Believe. Faith plus works equal believe. So what we've been doing for many years is putting believe first. You never want to put believe first because you can believe a lie. And if you believe something that's not uh, true, then you can believe a lie or you are believing a lie. So what we used to say, just believe, just believe. And remember, this church, no, I've told you how many times, how many of us have believed God for something and God didn't do it. Did that mean we had faith or don't have faith? So if you rest faith on just believe, you're going to be confused, perplexed. And not sure because you're going to be believing something that God might not do. But when you have faith, you know God, you trust whatever he tells you, and you obey whatever he tells you. When you do that, you can never go wrong. Because God will never tell you anything different from what his word says. That's faith. Knowing God, trusting God, obeying God. When you do that, you are doing like Abraham. And the Bible says, Abraham, we consider him the father of faith. And so if you want to be considered father of faith, you need to really understand we need to be like Abraham. That's where that faith thing started with Abraham. And I want to have faith. And so I need to go back and look at Abraham's life so I know what faith is. I'm wrapping this up. Stand with me. Genesis chapter 22. Watch this. Anybody need a miracle today? Anybody need God to do something in their life miraculous? You ready for it? I'm getting ready to give it to you right now according to the Bible. So I'm, I'm going to help you today to leave with your miracle. Genesis chapter 22. We'll pick up in verse number 6. Watch verse number 6. What happens as you act in faith? That's all I want to show you. When you Act in faith. When you do whatever you're supposed to do in faith, watch this, how it works. And watch why we haven't received the miraculous yet. And watch how you can receive the miraculous. It says here in verse number six, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father! And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife 
to slay And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. Watch this. For now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Listen to me, church. In that day, in that day, nothing was more important to a man than a son. Not even his own life was more important than the son. Once the son comes, that man's life is not more important anymore. Because he realized this is who carry on the legacy. I may die today, but this is who carried on. And so God gave him a son in his old age. So now God is saying, I want that. And so in his old age, he's supposed to say, God, how am I going to ever get another one? I can't give you that. Because how do my legacy go on? But God said, that's what I want. And church, I learned a long time ago, whatever the most important thing to you is, God is going to come to you and say, I want that. Is it your money? I want that. Is it your car? I want that. Is it your beautiful family? I want that. What is it? Is it your home? I want that. What is it? Is it your talent, your education? That's the way God operates. He wants that. And here we have to understand we're going to be lovers of God and have a relationship with God. We're going to have to be ready to say, you got that. Say, God, whatever you want, you got that. Why are you saying it like that, preacher? Because I've learned a long time ago that God is not going to ask you for something and not give you better. God is not going to ask you for something and not not, not compensate you better. And so we... Because we don't know God. When God come after us and says, I maybe want too much. You put it on people. You put it on the preacher. You put it on everybody. Nah, nah I'm good. Nah, ain't going to that church. Nah, they be, they be crazy at that church. They or God? Because you better start calling God unreasonable. You call this church unreasonable. Because God is the one that says, your only son. Your only son, I want that. So call, go call God unreasonable and say, man, I don't know about that God. Go tell him that. Don't go blaming the churches and saying the church want this. And want. No, it's God that want it. What kind of relationship you got with God? Because God is asking you for that thing you think you love so much, that thing that's so valuable to you. God said, I want that. You going to give him that? Or you going to back up and say, it's the church fault and it's this fault and all that fault. God asking for it, not the preacher. God asking for it, not some friend or God wants it. The most valuable thing to Abraham, God said, give me that. And the man of God, faith, faith, he knew God. He trusts God completely. So he obeyed God. So the man of God said, if that's what you want, I'm going to give it to you. 
and he bind up his son and put him there. And he raised his hands and he's about to kill his son. And the Lord says, don't do the boy any harm. Stop. For now I know you reverence God. That's what that word fear means. You reverence God. And so God want us to know, is there something that we will not give to him that he wants from us? For some of us here today, it's your life. For some of us here today, you think your life is so special. And God is saying, who do you think gave you that? Who do you think have been sustaining you to this point? Who do you think have carried you through? You think your life is so special that, that, that you've been the one keeping it? No, I kept your life for you. And now I'm telling you I want it. What you going to do about it? Be mad at God? Walk away from God when God says, I want your life? You walk away from God? No faith. And we just read the scripture. Without faith? So whatever God asks from you, you got to give it to him. If not, you don't have faith. But look at the beauty of when you obey God. When you have faith. Here is what happened when you have faith. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. This is where Abraham learned now, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Abraham could have never known that God was a provider if he didn't follow through with the plan. If he didn't trust God all the way, if he didn't do everything God said, he would never know that God would do that miracle and gave him that ram that was just stuck in the thicket and couldn't make it out. And God said, there you go, go get him and sacrifice. He would never know that if he didn't go all the way through. Some of us go part of the way and want to experience the miraculous. And God said, no, no, no. I need you to go the whole way to experience the miraculous. You got to go the whole way, not part way, all the way to experience the miraculous. And so in verse 14, he says, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time. Woo! Watch this. And said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, because you have not withheld yourself, because you have not withheld your children, because you have not withheld your goods and your talents, because you have not withheld those things from God. Here is what God is saying to you. Because you didn't withhold it, guess what? He says that in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will... Listen to me carefully. If you don't obey God and you just hold on tight with what you got, that's all you ever going to have. If Abraham decided, "Mm -mm, this is it. This is it, God. I got my one and only here. I can't give him to you. This is all I got. If he would have did that, that boy probably could have been shooting blanks and never had another child. I know y'all think I'm crazy. It's all right. I know what you're saying. 
Because if you're going to do everything you can just to keep what you got, God say, then have it. But that's all you're going to have. That's all you're going to have. Whatever you hold back from God, that's all you're going to have. But if you let it go and give it to God, he going to, what he said, multiply. He didn't say add. He didn't say add. He said multiply. God wants to multiply what he has already given you. He wants to multiply, not add it. But you're going to have to let go of it. You can't, you can't receive anything if you don't let go. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. He says, I will multiply thy seeds, or the seed as the star of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and they shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations on earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. You see how to get your miracle now? Do you see how to get your miracle now? Do you see how you're justified by faith and how you can get your miracle? It's going to require you having faith. Obeying God to the mats. Take it all away. You can't withhold anything from God. Listen to me, church. As Christians, we do not follow rules or complete a checklist and expect redemption and for God to provide for us. Our faith must be demonstrated by visible actions as we follow the leading of God through obedience. You want your miracle today. You're going to have to have faith and then visibly demonstrate that you have faith. So if you have a need today, you want to come forward and I will pray for you. And you will leave here today with a miracle if you exercise faith. Any one of you, whatever your miracle is, I'm going to put my mask on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you need from God. Now you have heard the word clear. To understand that you can't withhold anything. You can't be praying, but in your mind, you're holding back. You can't be asking God, but in your mind, you're holding back. you got to trust God this morning. you got to obey God this morning and say, God, have your way. And so I'm going to pray for you for your miracle today. Ooh. I want you to lift your hands with me this morning. We're going to declare and proclaim the miraculous blessings of God, that God will multiply. Make sure you realize you're not holding back from God, but everything you're giving to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I touch and agree with you for your miracle from God. There's somebody, there's there's few of you today that's going to receive your miracle from God. And I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, there's faith in this altar today. There's faith at this altar today. There's faith at this altar today. There's faith at this altar today. Oh, God, there's faith at this altar today. In the name of Jesus, there's faith at this altar today. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. There's faith at this altar today. Have your way, Lord. Let them receive their miracle, Lord. 
Let them receive their miracle now, Lord. Let them receive their miracle now, Lord. There's faith in this altar. Let them receive their miracle now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Let them receive their miracle right now, Lord. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. In the name of Jesus. My faith, claim your miracle. My faith, claim your miracle. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Claim your miracle. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle right now. Receive your miracle right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Have your way, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Receive your miracle right now. Receive your miracle right now. God can do it. Trust in the Lord. Obey him. Obey him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Receive your miracle. Come on. Come on. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Receive your miracle. I touch and agree with you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Let's lift our hands together. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every uplifted hand, for every person that have demonstrated faith in this house, let them receive a miracle from you right now. Let them receive a miracle from you right now. Let them receive a miracle from you right now. That their life will never be the same again. That their life will never be the same again. Oh, God, bless them. Oh, God, have your way in their life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Come on, give him praise and thank him today. God is great. God is wonderful. God is kind. Oh, he's merciful. Oh, there is none like him. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Woo! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! You're worthy, Lord. We give you honor today. We give you honor today. Oh, blessed be your holy name. Oh, blessed be your holy name. Oh, God, there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We honor you today, Lord God. Not my will, but thine will be done. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, thank him one more time today. Listen, this is a wonderful day. Look and expect your miracle. And I'm telling you, God has moved in this place today. God has spoken to your heart. This is a great day. You go and enjoy yourself today knowing that God has blessed you. God has spoken to you. And your miracle, will God will manifest it in your life. 
I thank you for being here today. I'm very, very excited and grateful that all of you came out. Fourth of July, you could have been doing anything, and you came into the house of the Lord. I really appreciate that, and I'm glad you are here. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I love you in Jesus' name. Those of you that are part of the dedication, you can make your way up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. This is everybody. That person is new. You receive that you are free. If you receive that you are.